I think everybody has things in their life that is difficult and no parent's perfect. And if we focus on those things and things that were done to us or hard situations, then that's just not the place to be. I think the Lord has us to, to fix our eyes on him and, and he is sufficient. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Doherty and I'm your host. Today I have with me as a guest, my son-in-law, Tylan Postma. Tylan is an alumni of His Hill. Tylan, what years were you here? 2012 to 2013. 2012, 2013. Just one year. Yeah, the one year, the and then we were here for one more year and then, then moved. Um, well, Tylan, welcome here. Thanks for having me. Yep, I've good. been kind of waiting, waiting for you to text me. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler and I have talked about this on and off for uh, about two years, really. And uh, so I sent him the text the other day just to see if he was ready. And, uh, and he's willing to do it. So I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's funny, Tyler and I were just talking about some things before we started to record. And I, I looked at him, I said, you know, most of the people that come on the podcast when giving their testimonies will ask me, do I need to prepare anything? And I say, no, not really. It's just going to be conversation form. So there's, it's really hard to prepare for that. And, uh, so Tylan asked the same question. Does he need to prepare? I said, no. And then we sat down and I said, I have no idea where this is going. And he laughed and said, no, neither do I. So <laughs> I said, okay, let's pray and press record, see what happens. Anyway, um, Tylan, so you were a student here, uh, but uh, tell us where you, um, where you come from. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Abbotsford, British Columbia, kind of a familiar area to a lot of alumni and his Hill, you know, family. Uh, so that's where I grew up. I've got uh, an older sister, an older brother, and then I was the youngest and both your siblings, uh, both are torchbearers as well, right? Yeah. My sister went to New Zealand, I, I don't know, 2006 or seven, somewhere around there. My brother, I think he tried to go to Germany, but he applied like a week before and they, it was too late. So they said, you can go anywhere in the States. So he said, Texas. And then when he came, he just fell in love with his hill and he came home and told me if I don't go to his hill, I'm wasting my money. <laughs> so I was like, all right, it's decided. So uh, that's, that's where I went. Okay. And being from Abbotsford, it's interesting, you know, the Thailand's my son-in-law. My wife is also, Ar Arlene also is from Abbotsford. So they both come from the same town in Canada. And so, and, and both Madeline, my daughter and I met, uh, met them at his hill as students. <laughs> it's, that's a small world. Um, okay. Well, y you grew up, you had the two siblings. Um, Tell us a little bit about your, you know, your family growing up. Yeah. So uh, my, my parents, my dad and my mom, um, I was, grew up with them obviously until I was five. And when I was five years old, my parents divorced, um, growing up, they didn't really have a great relationship. My dad, um, had a bad temper and my mom, I think was kind of a little bit of an instigator at times and it just was not a good combo with the two of them. I don't think either of them were walking with the Lord, um, at least not, um, not very closely. Uh, we went to church, but other than that, I don't remember there being too much of an emphasis other, you know, from time to time we'd talk about it or pray or something like that, but not really evident in, in their lives. Um, and so my parents divorced when I was five. Um, obviously I was young, but I do remember a lot of that. Um, and then we kind of split time between my mom's house, my dad's house, kind of going back and forth. So my, my, it was kind of interesting way to grow up because my dad had 
uh, a business, uh, an electrical company, wiring, um, high rises, things like that. And so we had, you know, money and we grew up wealthier there. And then on my mom's, we weren't as, we didn't have as much money. So it was kind of an interesting way to grow up. When we were at my mom's, it was kind of more poor and at my dad's was wealthier. So it was kind of interesting going back and forth between that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And your, um, your parents, uh, so you were five when, yeah. when they divorced. Okay. So I was five, they divorced. And then my dad did get remarried a few years later. And then he separated again when I was in grade seven, I think. And then he remarried again when I was in grade 10. I think that timeline's right. Okay. Okay. And my mom, my mom had dated people kind of on and off. But uh, has never remarried. Okay, so you were living, uh, you know, between the two homes. And for how many years did that go on? Till I graduated. So when I was really young, I was almost always at my mom's. Um, it was Thursdays and every other weekend at my dad's. Okay. But when I was really young, I was kind of scared of my dad because he had a temper. Okay. Um, and I had seen some fights of theirs and things like that um, that just, I mean, scary to anyone, but when you're five, you know, mm. it's very frightening. Um, so I don't, I always say that I don't want to make them worse than they were because I was five years old, you know, when you, everything's bigger and yeah. grander, but I, I also don't think they were good. Okay. But being, a, you know, kind of a little bit fearful of my dad, I, I think I didn't go there quite as often. My brother was, he would go to my dad's more. He was about half and half and my sister was probably more at my mom's. And then as I got older, I started kind of splitting time doing like a week and a week. And then once I had a car, I just kind of did whatever I felt like doing whatever seemed easiest, wherever I felt like I could get away with something, <laughs> okay. um, which generally met my mom's. So <laughs> I was there more often okay. probably. So, uh, if uh, Thailand actually was on a previous episode, I was just trying to look it up to find exactly when it was, but I, I can't find it that quick. Um, anyway, uh, he was on a previous ep episode with some other alumni who have gone through, their families have gone through divorce. So if you want to hear more about that, just go ahead and go back, look through the, the previous episodes and you'll find uh, an interview that I conducted with three of our alumni. And you can hear more, Thailand talk more about that particular part of his life. But uh, Thailand, going through that with, uh, you know, what are some things that, you know, you were younger um, when all that was going on. Um, how did that affect you? You know, looking back on it now, how did that affect you with the Lord? Hmm. Yeah. I think at the time, you know, I went to like a, I went to a private Christian school. We went to church. My dad always, we like had to go to church. Um, and we, there was a lot of people around us that I knew were praying for us. Um, we, Back then, especially like divorce was not super common. This was 2000. Okay. So even in my school, there was nobody. So I knew people knew. Especially in that community. For yeah. People that don't know it because it's, it's basically the Bible belt of Canada. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately now I think it's a lot more common, yeah. but at the time it was not. Um, and so I, honestly, I don't, there was not very many people I knew that were. Hmm. So I knew people kind of knew about it, if that makes sense. And yeah. there was people that I knew praying for us and things like that. Um, I think I always believed in the Lord. It's just, just wasn't a doubt in my mind that the Lord was real and, and Jesus, I can say that, like, I don't know when I was saved as far as, okay. I, I just always believed in the Lord. And I remember 
during difficult times or things that would happen or a fight or something that I can remember praying and things like that. I do specifically remember being in high school in grade 11. So I played a lot of sports in high school, which to some degree kept me out of drinking and partying and those kind of things. Because at our school, when you played sports, you couldn't do those. If you got caught, you'd get kicked off the team. And it was kind of infamous that it happened a couple of times of people getting kicked off teams. And so I just like sports more than anything. So during the sports seasons, I wouldn't do anything. And during that time, I had a Bible teacher when I was in grade 11 that really was just pointing us to Christ. And I remember sitting in class, we watched the passion of the Christ. And I remember sitting there going, I think I'm saved, but I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And just praying and saying, Lord, I just want to give my life to you. Um, And then, you know, for a few months, really pursuing the Lord. And it just got harder and harder (laughs) as I, I just was trying to be good. Um, and just as sports came to an end and I kind of started hanging out with, you know, was able to do more things without getting in trouble at school, um, kind of went back into those things. But I think just growing up, going to church and, and going to a private Christian school, although it, it wasn't perfect and looking back on it, but it was still far better than um, going to, you know, going down another avenue, mm-hmm. uh, maybe public school or those kind of things for where I was at in my life and the things that were going on. So, okay. yeah, but I think in the other podcast, I talked about how as a kid, I didn't really think about the things that were going on. Okay. Like they were hard and don't get me wrong. There was times, you know, we'd meet with a counselor or something, but I never, I never thought about it as like hard for me. Um, if that, I don't even know if that makes sense. It's hard to explain, but you kind of go through something like that. And I would say in the last year or two, I probably have thought about it more than I did in the 15 years prior. Mm, Really? Why is that? I don't know. I just think the Lord bringing it to my mind. Um, do you think as a, as a younger person, you were kind of, for some reason, we're thinking this is normal. Probably. Yeah. That's probably true. Cause I was five years old. It's just kind of, it just was, Mm. you know? Um, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way. Okay. Um, so that definitely was a part of it. And I think now, I think when you you go through something hard, and, and again, I'm not saying my childhood was terrible, but I also wouldn't want it for someone. Um, I think when you're going through something difficult, you just kind of are getting through it. And so you're just going, yeah, you're just kind of going through life, and then mm-hmm. you can look back on it and are like, hmm. And I think looking back, you really see the Lord sustaining, whether it was other people that he brought to you or just maybe him just strengthening you in that time um, and enabling you in that time. So looking back on it, definitely learning that and seeing how, how faithful he is, even when we are faithless. Mm. Um, and just being reminded of that. It's also brought a lot of, you know, a couple, you know this, but a couple years ago, Charlie had asked me to speak for East for the Easter service at church. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they do testimonies the week, week before Easter or no for Easter. No, it's the week it's Palm Sunday. Palm yeah. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't sure about doing it. Just talking about my childhood and, you know, I didn't want to hurt, um, my parents feelings or mm-hmm. things like that. Sure. There's a lot of things that we've never talked about as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's given me a couple of years now to kind of think about these things and like, okay. Um, and the Lord really, really just showed me that I think everybody has things in their life that is difficult and no parents perfect. Mm -hmm. And if we focus on those things and things that were done to us or hard situations, then 
that's just not the place to be. I think the Lord has us to, to fix our eyes on him and, and he is sufficient. Mm. So whatever it may be. And do I think my parents were perfect parents? No. Do I think they were horrible parents? No. I think there's things I can learn mm. from all sides of it. Things that they did well and things that they mm. did poorly. And hopefully I can take the things that they did well and improve upon them and the things that they, they did poorly and improve upon those rather than just getting so fixated on why was it like that? Or why did this? Cause it's everybody makes mistakes and, Mm. and you know, lives just makes poor decisions. And even though they may affect you or they may not, the Lord's still in control. That's, that's uh, interesting to me. You know, you, you, you mentioned, you know, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because, you know, that's the, the, the theme of the podcast. And, um, you know, we close every episode with that reminder and, you know, it's, it's taken from Hebrews chapter 12 and the, 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 you know, the, what is so captivating about that to me is the word fixing. It means to look away from all else too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the things we have to look away from are legitimate, you know, issues. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, I don't think looking away means to uh, pretend it's not there or to ignore it. What it means is don't be. Uh, don't be controlled by it. Don't let that dictate how you will take the next breath. Hmm. Uh, because whatever, you know, uh, someone once said, whatever has your attention has you. And, you know, and I've, I've gone on to say, and whatever has you is your Lord. Because that is what will dictate how you will live your life. Yeah. So we're either going to be fixed on Christ and, and he will, you know, and, and he will be our life. Or we're going to be, uh, we're going to be fixated on our problems and our, our problems will determine how we live our life. Yeah. So that's a good reminder. You know, it's not that, you know, th- th- this was a legitimate issue for you in life. You know, it's not how the Lord planned it. It's not his, it was not his design, but it's what, it's what was going on in your life. Yeah. So it's a legitimate thing. And I think sometimes, you know, people can hear us say that, you know, can hear us say, you know, be fixed on Jesus or to, uh, uh, to, to not be controlled by your circumstances and hear us say that, or, or, or even hear us, uh, I was uh, re- replying to somebody uh, who was, who had sent an email to me uh, for the podcast, a listener. Uh, and, and, and I, w- I was telling her that, you know, we need to, um, you know, we need to be fixed on Christ. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, our, our actually I, I did talk about that, but specifically with what I'm thinking right now, I also mentioned to her that we need to remember what James says, consider it all joy when, mm. when we encounter various trials and we try to water down that joy. Yeah. You know, we try to make it palatable and, but you know, you do a word study and you find that joy means joy. <laughs> Just is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, you, you look at how it's used, the same word is used in other parts of scripture and you just can't wiggle away from it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a, um, it, it, it is an emotion. It is, but, but it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a result. It's something that the Lord is doing. So you consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, let endurance have its perfect result. Now, here we go, that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. Hmm. So the, the joy comes in the fact that God is working out Christ in you with those things. Yeah. So it's not, you know, Paul says, Hey, it's going to happen. Those things are going to be there. And so I don't want people to hear us say that we're to ignore these things no. uh, or that they're not that big of a deal. 
No, they are. They're very much there and they're very much a big deal, but they're not beyond the Lord and they're not to take the place of Christ. And believers can do that very easily. We can very easily with a religious, good intended endeavor, not knowing we're doing this, we replace Jesus with the things we're trying to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure. I think what you're saying is just hitting home for what I was, you know, what the Lord's been convicting me just of those things and teaching me of the past. And I think if, I think often nowadays people want to look at the past and to some degree have excuses for why they are the way they are yeah, and why they're upset or angry or, you know, and Peter Thomas, he was here for Thanksgiving, the, the direct, Director of Torchbearers? General Director. Or General yeah. Director, mm-hmm. yeah. And talking about Major. P- and, uh, who did you say? Oh, I said Peter Thomas. Yeah, Peter Reed. Peter Reed, yeah. yeah. Talking about Major Thomas and how uh, how he just, you had to be careful what you said around him. If you complained or if you did these things, yeah. he, he would just say, is, is Christ sufficient? Yeah. And he'd be like, all right, then move on. Yeah. And just conviction of that. And instead of using these things in your life as an excuse for the way you are or, and there are difficult things like people have had way more difficult lives than I have. But I think looking back, the Lord will use those things to, to shape you into who you are. And mm-hmm. he can take something that's, you know, sad and terrible and tough and use it for his good. Ultimately, I think a big thing he's done in my life is my convictions are a lot stronger mm-hmm. um, with, you know, divorce and remarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my own life, as I got older, um, we could, you know, drinking, partying, all of those kind of things, um, getting into those when I was in high school, it really gave me a stronger conviction on those kind of topics of what, what I was gonna, in my own life, feel on those and thoughts on them. And, um, so he's just used those things to shape me. Not that I think they were good and that they should have happened, but what am I gonna learn from those? And, and I think that's what James is saying, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, that's to consider these things, joy, knowing that. And so what, uh, consider, consider all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now here's a big word, let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. Then he goes on to say, if any of you lacks wisdom, and that's a joke. I kind of think that's what we're getting out there. That's a joke. All of you. (laughs) If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach. Mm. And so he's, the Lord wants to do that. He wants to work. He wants to work his life out in us in the midst of these things. Um, I I like to call it, uh, he's in the process of getting rid of what is not Jesus Mm. and leaving us with Jesus. And so, but we, but we can't do, we need him for that. Yeah. And when we, when we look to him and we ask him for his wisdom, not to fix things the way we think it needs to be done, not for us to handle it the way we think it needs to be done, for, but for his wisdom to let him, let him do his work in us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I have to apologize. If it seems like we're a little bit distracted, uh, we are, <laughs> we're in, uh, the guest bedroom in our house right now. And we have the dog in here because we know he's going to start barking, uh, at any delivery man that comes by. So we've got him in the room in here and he was walking around the room with his collar jingling. So I had to 
get up and take that off of him and listen to Tylan at the same time. <laughs> so Tylan, I'm sorry about that. No, no problem. Um, anyway, Winston's now relaxed. His collar's off. I think we're good to go. Uh, so now you were saying that um, you were in high school watching The Passion. Yep. And about how old were you at that time? Grade 11, so 17, okay. somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. And so so the Lord was, was doing something in your heart at that time. Uh, where did he take you with all of that? Yeah, so during that, that was the same year my brother was actually at Bible school. Okay. So my brother and I were not, I wouldn't say super close growing up. We just kind of would fight. We, you know, <laughs> that's just what it was. I was Honestly, I was probably the annoying younger brother, um, just always kind of poking at him. And he was a lot bigger than me, so... Then he'd hit me a couple times and I'd start screaming like he was killing me and then he would stop. And then as, as he was walking away, I'd go, you better walk away. You know, <laughs> I do that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, and so my brother went to Bible school during that, the year that the Lord was working in my heart. Um, so my brother came home and he was just a very different person. Mm. I kind of always, everything my brother did, I just did a little more. So uh, in, you know, in the good things and in the bad things. So when I was in high school, my brother you know, drank and did some of those things. So I just kind of was like, well, I'm going to do it even bigger, um, even crazier. So I did that. And my brother went to Bible school and he came home and I could just see he was a different person Hmm. and I could see Christ in his life. Hmm. And so uh, we started hanging out a lot then. Um, And so it was interesting how the Lord was working in my heart at the same time. He wasn't my brother's and my my brother came home and then I was in grade 12 that year. So um, yeah, we hung out during that year. And then uh, he really, you know, I was already, thinking about going to Bible school. My dad had actually gone to Torchbearers when he was 25 or something like that. So he was going to pay for us each to go for a semester Hmm. as a graduation present. And so my brother was the one that convinced me to go to his hill. Didn't take much convincing because he just told me about it. It sounded awesome. And he also had told me there was a girl there that he's like, you're going to like this girl. (laughs) He happened to come actually here for uh, about a month, I think in the summer before I was a student. So he had come back uh, for summer camp hung out with Madeline and Lauren and Audrey and Levi and everyone down here. And then when he came home, he's like, there's a girl down there you're going to like, her name's Madeline. And I was like, all right. I didn't really think too much of it, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it ended up working out well. You started thinking more about it. Yeah. I started thinking more about it. Yeah. Exactly. That was funny. You know, the, the first time I, you and I talked, we were down at the the tower yeah. on campus and it was the second day of, you know, it was the first full day, I guess. And, we were having orientation. We had a morning of going through all the rules and stuff. And then we went down to the tower as a whole student body. And I was down on zip retrieve. Madeline was standing there with me and you and, um, Riley. Yes. Riley. Yeah. yeah you guys were walking. Riley yeah. And Madeline says, Oh dad, this, this is Tylan. This is Nick's brother. And I remember looking at her like that, I think that's probably the first time she ever introduced a guy to me. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this is the first day. What the heck is going on here? I think it was the second day of <laughs> But that's another story. Yeah. Anyway, they've been married now for uh, seven, years eight years. In November. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. Well, what was, okay. So you came to Bible school. What, what were you, what were you looking for? in coming to Bible school and what did you get? Yeah. Uh, I was coming looking for more, you know, I grew up going to church and going to a Christian high school and stuff, but 
think it's the same story a lot of us have where it just feels like there's got to be something more to it. I really had tried in my own strength and I couldn't, you know, went to summer camp from time to time, things like that, where you kind of have that spiritual high. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of just felt like there had to be more or at least a spiritual high that'll last longer, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and I had seen in my brother's life that he was different. Um, so that's kind of what I was doing coming down. I remember on the plane down, I was reading the Bible. I never read the Bible really, you know, the odd time. So coming down is just, I wanted to change. I just had decided that summer was my last summer of drinking and partying and those kind of things. And after that, it was just, it was going to be different. Um, so coming down, I remember the first class, I think maybe you do an orientation, just explaining almost what you were earlier, just of Christ being your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Galatians 2.20, and I'm like, something's different here. Mm. It took me a while to learn that. Um, you know, being that first semester, I had really great roommates. The Lord was really working in my heart. I was just reading the Bible like crazy, um, really working my heart, going home. I remember being at home, and this is a story I haven't told too many people. I told you just recently about it, but I, uh, my relationship with my parents wasn't, or with my dad especially, was not great. It wasn't like terrible, but it was just not great. And um, it was just a lot of things going on. My parents were in court and things like that still, um, even it had been 15 years. And so mm -hmm. I was frustrated with it and we kind of had argued a bit and I, I just went home and I think I had yelled at him at one point cause I was just so frustrated and, and I went home and I was just reading my Bible and I just started breaking down crying and I felt like the Lord convicting me and he was, and I just felt, I just found myself apologizing to the Lord because I didn't feel that I was being respectful to my parents. Um, and it wasn't that it was just in my attitude towards them. I just had not been respectful and honoring to them regardless of what they had done to me or if they did anything, it was just that aspect. And I remember just sitting there thinking to myself, like, if I can't respect my parents, like how am I gonna, you know, live my life and have a wife one day and get married and mm -hmm. do these things. And I remember just being like, I need you Lord. Um, and that was definitely a change in my life. Um, and coming back to Bible school, there was even more that the Lord was showing me, but that specifically, I remember um, the other big thing I remember at Bible school was after that kind of probably many people have had this, but you're kind of thinking about things you've done in the past and you're, you know, and how do you, how do you reconcile that with the Lord mm. and coming to that realization that he's already taken care of that? Like he's way past that at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember reading Isaiah 53 and I have it here. Just some of the, some of the verses, probably a familiar one to many of us, but it says, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. And yet we ourselves esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And, and by his scourging, we are healed. And I remember reading that and I still have it here in my Bible, actually. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I crossed out some words and I re-changed them. So I changed it from our to my. Okay. Just to make it personal, I'm like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have done that. But I just, <laughs> so instead it was surely my griefs he himself bore and my sorrows he carried. Uh, yet we, we ourselves esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through for my transgressions and he was crushed for my iniquities and the chastening for my well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, I am healed. 
and many of you, many of you are probably familiar with that as it goes on and on. And it, it's just a, an amazing passage, prophecy telling of, of Christ. Um, and I just remember reading that and it meaning something different because I think I had come to realize that Christ had died for my sins already before, but realizing these things that I was struggling with, he had already dealt with. And that, like we were saying, now I was fixing my eyes on those things and not on Christ and what he had done for me. Mm. Yeah, that reminds me of um, of, of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. And uh, an incredible incredible list here in verse 9 it says or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor homosexuals nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revelers nor swindlers nor will inherit the kingdom of god and you know that's a pretty extensive list and uh, probably pretty much covers all the bases and you these these are very real things you know th- things that have happened to us in our past things that we've been involved in you know things that were just were stupid and we know it and and these things can really captivate us uh but he goes on he says in verse 11 there he says such were some of you hmm. but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of God. And that's, you know, I, I think, you know, the the freedom is Christ. We were washed, we were sanctified in Christ. And that's, and that, that takes us back to the, the, you know, where are we going to be fixed? Yeah. You know, are we going to be fixed on our failure? You know, and, and like you said, we've all messed up. I mean, there's things, you know, that, that, that there, there's, there's things that we all have that I, I like to, again, you know, when I, when I go places and, 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 and teach, you know, it's, you know, I've talked to, to, to the students about that thing. You hope the person sitting next to you never finds out about you. Everybody's got that thing. And that, that we are so guilty, you know, we, we just, we can't get past it sometimes. For some reason, I think we, it's like, we almost think that Jesus didn't know about that when he went to down the cross. Yeah, you're right. It's like, well, I don't think he realized that. Mm-hmm. Like we can, we can reconcile with the time we told a little white lie mm-hmm. or we, you know, but not that. Yeah. Or we feel like I deserve, and you're right. I deserve. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I deserve, you know, to, to really get it for that. You know? Yeah, you do. But there's there's something called mercy. There's something called grace, mm. and you know we're we're given what we we're not given what we deserve. We've been given what we do not deserve. Yeah, and it's God's business. And we it's you know as we work through Scripture, we find that it's all about Him. It's not about me. And He simply allows me to live in who it's all about. Yeah. So then we start to think about what Paul says in Thessalonians. In everything, give thanks. You know, when's the last time, you know, when's the last time, just talking to, to Tylen, talking to all the listeners, when's the last time you said thank you? 
you know, we, we go to the Lord so often to confess and ask, but how many times do we say thank you? You know, to, to, to just be still and recognize and acknowledge that I'm washed, I'm sanctified, I need to live. This is what's true of me. I need to learn to identify with what's true of me and live what's true of me. Mm. Trust Jesus and not me. Uh, yeah, that's so. And so did this take this took place in the second semester, I guess. Yeah. So like over the breaks when I, you know, the Lord was really just, I think it's that kind of conviction that you just can't escape. Mm. This wasn't just like you feel kind of bad or you, it's like an overwhelming, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. a, I, you have a similar story where you just find yourself crying. Right. You're just yeah. not even sure why. You just cry. now luckily yeah, mine wasn't in public. That came mine from. wasn't in public. <laughs> Your, yours was. Yeah, mine was in public. Um, but that yeah. that same idea, you don't know where it came from. Yeah, and like, I didn't even know what it was. Like it wasn't it wasn't like I had cussed out my parents or something and yeah. like two hours later I was, you know, that wasn't it at all. I think for me it was just a literal exhaustion. Yeah. I was just uh, years and years and years, literally, of trying to be something that I just never could be. Mm. And I was literally physically, spiritually, mentally just done. Yeah. And, you know, we were laughing this, this crying time that I've talked about it before. I mean, it's, it's just not something that, you know, as I'm being men, we're just not real comfortable with that. You know, and it's, and it just like to, to, and to have it happen to you, not knowing what in the world's going on, uh, is, is it shakes you. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know I was capable of this. <laughs> uh, but so, okay, so you, you so you had gone home and you just realized, you know, all these wonderful things I've been learning. I can't do this. Yeah, you come back and you know you're in class and and I, you were in class when you read this, right? No, I was actually in my dorm. Okay, when I, when in the afternoon, but it you know I'm sure it came right after a class. Okay. Um, and, and so, I mean, there was a lot the Lord obviously showed me during that time, but I remember that one specifically hmm. um, as just being something that I don't even think it took me that long after the break. Like, I don't think it was something that was like six months or anything. I think it was a few weeks of me thinking about it and just coming to that conclusion hmm. um, and just going, all right, like that's done. Hmm. Like the Lord's taking care of that. That's interesting. You know, and to go back to with the whole thing and it's it's interesting you know you were saying something to me before we started said okay kelly this is different from other interviews with because you know me and you you know my story better than the others that you've interviewed yeah so if you need to uh you know ask ask me whatever you want things go ahead and do it but you know we had we mentioned madeline but let's go ahead and, and go back because I think that does play in a big part of every, uh, of everything in yeah. your year and more. It played a big part in year and not not simply because you met your wife. Like that's I don't mean that to belittle that <laughs> yeah. you know, at all. But the Lord was doing other things with that, too, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, you you guys, you know, I, I said, you know, the first full day, Madeline, I can already tell Madeline is. It was interested and she's introducing this guy to me. I'm like, what in the world? And then it was, I think it was the next day I saw the two of you together and the day after the day after. And here I am, I'm the principal, the Dean. And, uh, 
And, you know, this is my daughter in Bible school. I already was struggling with how do I deal with that? You know, cause it's so funny. Both the girls decided on their own that they wanted to go to Bible school at his hill. And you know, because they, they wanted to be under the teaching that they had been around, that they had heard about, they knew Charlie, uh, they, they knew the other teachers, and they just kind of wanted to be under that teaching for nine months to more than just hear about, they wanted to be in it. And I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't argue with that. And so they, uh, they decided to come here and it was, it's just the funniest thing. I never really got used to it, you know, having, because we always ask one of the students often, I would ask one of the students to pray before class. And I never got used to every once in a while, the student saying at the end of the prayer, and please give dad your wisdom. Just, <laughs> just, that always shook me a little bit. Who's in here? <laughs> and, uh, but it was, it was really good for both of them to go through it. But anyway, back to you and Madeline. Uh, you know, you guys had hit it off and you came to me early in the school year. Mm-hmm. I was at the copy machine and you yeah, came this to This is me. one of my favorite stories. And you, and you as mine too. And I think it was Thanksgiving. Was it, was it that? Okay. Well, Cause I think what happened was we were hanging out. We hung, we were hanging out a bit and then we went on the a mission. Bit. Well, the mission trip. And then we were like <laughs> hanging out more. And, uh, and then I think we, you, you had, said, I want, like, I want you guys to just get to know each other, like hang out in groups, yeah. get to know each other. So we were like, all right. Cause I think maybe well, we, I said that to you. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, because you had come to me and you, you had asked for permission to take her out. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, and you then, said it so loud. Well, no, no. First though, you had said you wanted us to take some time to get to know each other. Cause we, cause like it was kind of known, I think okay. that we like liked each other. And then what happened was you were like, take some time. So in my mind, it had been a month. So I was like, it's been some time. <laughs> so then I came to the copy, came in okay. during Thanksgiving and I was like, I want to take her out to, if, if you guys are old enough, you remember Sweet Comfort, the, the candy shop in Comfort there and Lauren and Audrey worked at it at the time. So I was like, we'll go get some ice cream during Thanksgiving week. You know, it's a good week. There's lots of free time. So I remember sitting on the picnic table outside the fish house by the pool for like two oh. hours, just waiting for <laughs> Kelly to come back because he was somewhere and someone I else was waiting that. for their parents. And then Kelly came. So I go inside and then go to the co- where and he's by the coffee machine. I'm like, Hey Kelly, can I talk to you for a second? Now you got, you got to understand. He said this loud enough. If you've been to his hill, you know, the copy machine is in the middle of the office and yeah. he said it loud enough, literally for the whole office to hear. Well, and I and thought you were going to say, some of the staff told me later, they said, Oh Kelly, I was in my office. I heard that. And I thought, Oh, John no. still laughs about it. I never <laughs> talked to John about it until like last year. And he's like, I remember that. I totally remember that. Cause I said, Hey, can I talk to you about something? And he goes, you go, yeah, sure. What is it? And I'm like, oh shoot. Cause I'm thinking we're going to go to his office. And so I'm like, well, I was wondering if I could take Mountain out for some ice cream. And then Kelly goes, let's go to my office. And we walked down the hall and I just remember John, John sitting at his computer. He's just pretending to look at it. I don't think he was. This door was open. The next door was open. I was just like, oh boy. So we went into your office. Yeah, we went to the office and we had a talk. And, and I, I always liked Thailand. I didn't have a problem with Thailand. It's just that they, um, you know, from, from day one, they were just, you know, they, they were just infatuated with each other. And, and so, you know, as a dad, you know, you're a little concerned about that. You want to make sure that, you know, that, you know, that, that it's, this is not, you want to make sure that this is a good thing. And, and I always understood that. Cause yeah, I also knew I was always very clear with everyone there. I didn't try and hide it that I was coming, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was walking with the Lord right before coming to Bible school. So I, I'm sure I would be the exact, I'd probably be more harsh, but you know, of being, okay, just take it slow. And you had never said, you know, 
you guys can't ever see each other or nothing. It was just, hey, just take it slow. Hang out in groups. You don't need to be, like, exclusive and make sure you make other friends. Make sure you do these things. Yeah, be, be inclusive with yeah. others and, you know, that, that you want them to be feel comfortable around you. And uh, Because sometimes, you know, couples can be so exclusive to yeah. where people aren't comfortable with them. And my encouragement was that you guys get to know each other in in groups yeah you know, you know and um and this was november this wasn't right it wasn't like the end of the year or something it's, that's pretty much exactly what you said just get to know each other you're like you, it doesn't need to be official mm-hmm. now like you were and i think you said i was like oh i thought you said like give it some time and you're like when i said time i thought like i was thinking like six months <laughs> and so uh i thought i thought that was funny okay um so anyway um I'm sorry. We've got traffic in the room. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's okay. You can. There you go. Okay. Just so you know what's going on. Arlene just came in to get the dog. (laughs) Took a while though. Couldn't decide if she was going to take me. She was, yeah, she was real tentative. She didn't want to, uh, didn't want to interrupt. Um, so yeah. Anyway, with that, uh, you, you did, you guys did take time and you did get to know each other and, but the Lord was working on your heart in all that time. I was going to say when I, cause when I was home at Christmas, it just happened to be that you guys were going up there for Christmas to Abbotsford as well. So yeah. I'm sure you were excited about that. You're like, I can't get, get away from this guy. <laughs> so they happened to be coming up there. So Madeline and I, we didn't, I think we hung out once and we were only going to hang out one time while she was up there, but that's when the Lord was really working in my heart. And then I found out that the Lord was working in her heart as well. And so we, we got together again and I, th- I think I just said to her, like, if this is ever going to work, we're going to have to just take it really slow and just, you know, and we both felt like the Lord was convicting us of that, of just focusing on his word and school and what was going on. And so, um, it was just interesting that the Lord's doing that at the same time in both of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And then we came back to school and we just, not that we didn't see each other at all. We had like similar friend groups and stuff, but we didn't go like looping together or we didn't go sit at a picnic table and chat, you know, right. where we used to do that more. So we yeah, just, so at least know, for the first couple months, we didn't as listeners, if you haven't been around here, looping means walking around the loop of the campus. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a, you know, that means you're, you're in a relationship. Yeah, that's then, an unofficial or date. Or you're thinking about it. <laughs> um, so, Okay, and that's interesting because what what time of year was it the second time that you came to talk to me? It was like when I asked you in, during the second semester. Yeah. It was like right after spring break. So okay. I think we were just hanging out in wow. groups and wow. I think it was, yeah, like the week before. I thought it was. I mean, we were getting toward the end of the year. and Yeah, and we didn't, like I said, we really, Madeline and I were not hanging out just the two of us. We had a similar friend group. There was like three or four of us guys and three or four girls. So yeah. we hung out a lot and we, we obviously would talk like it sure. wasn't. Um, but the Lord, I really felt like the Lord was, I didn't want to make it something in my own head that now it was the right time. I was like, okay, Lord, if this is never what you have for us, that's okay. Um, so I really wanted to be careful that I wasn't just going, well, it's been a month, so now it's okay. Mm -hmm. So I think you had said, like, I was thinking after spring break, that's what you said back in October. And so I just didn't even really think about that. But as spring break approached, I just really felt like the Lord was like, you know, giving, giving it the green light. So I asked Madeline to talk before spring break. And I said, over this time, why don't we pray about it and either make this something or not? Because it, it just seemed foolish to drag it on forever. So we did spring break and we came back and we both felt like it was what the Lord was doing. 
Um, and so I think I had talked to you about it at mm-hmm. that time and, and you had said almost the same thing that you and Arlene both felt like mm-hmm. the Lord had just kind of lifted any, you know, questions or concerns or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And that all took place, you know, after the Lord was starting to open your eyes to, you know, your need, mm-hmm. you know, for, for him as your life and, and, and that you are, you know, you're forgiven that yeah. you are, you're free in Christ. And, uh, that's just interesting to me, you know, to put those two things together and to see what the Lord was doing and all of that. Yeah. And you know, so that's, uh, that's really you know exciting to see, you know, that the Lord is in charge of these things. You know, he's got these, he's the head of all rule and authority, Colossians chapter two, verse 10. Mm-hmm. And we can trust him, you know, when things aren't exactly the way we expect them to go, it's okay. He's still in control. He's still in control. They're still going the way they're supposed to go. And, you know, we can, we can either be miserable and fight him in all of that or trust him and go with him and let him, let him work the details out. And, uh, and, you know, and, and, and we have to be careful. We don't do that with any expectations, you know, other than Christ will be all that he is Mm. in us. And, uh, and so anyway, that's, that, that's neat for, I think both of us to, you know, in this conversation to look back at that time and, and, and to see what the Lord was doing you know, with, with you and then, you know, with, with Madeline as well. And obviously, I mean, me during that time, I didn't find it that hard because you had always said you were like, we taught like Madeline, I could hang out. We could, you know, we could, we're just never, obviously for Madeline, it was harder for a girl. I feel like being tougher, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I think that was the Lord just showing both of us. Cause even her, it was a little bit harder, but she was totally understood it and totally could see where you were coming from. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I don't, I feel like I didn't have any questions about it as mm-hmm. far as I just, it just made sense. It wasn't anything crazy. Mm. Um, just seemed like it was what the Lord was doing. Mm. Well, good. Okay. So, uh, you guys finished Bible school. You guys got married in 2015. Yep. You moved down to Louisiana. Yep. Yeah, Cause that's where we were. And, uh, you came, you know, you guys decided that that's where you would live. Um, and I, it was it was an interesting time. Yeah, uh, you know, we, you and I, uh, you you did some work uh, as an electrician. I was working with my brother and um, and for my my parents. Uh, you know, both of them were in a situation where they couldn't they could really couldn't do anything anymore. So I was kind of managing their their properties and and then we started to flip houses together. First with my brother and then on our our own. Uh, but then something interesting happened, you know, that was, that was progressing, but then we had a family business, uh, and it was growing and it had reached the point where you and I coming home and just labeling things, uh, was not, it was becoming not enough help. And, um, so Arlene and the girls told us we need more hands and we decided, okay, this is what we'll do. We quit flipping houses and we started doing that. And, and so now that's grown into a, 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 a busy business and, uh, we have a couple of employees now, uh, and you basically are managing the business, uh, for the family. What's the, um, so now, you know, we were talking about this, maybe doing another podcast with other Christian businessmen, just to talk about how, you know, business is a ministry, but maybe a, just a, a little bit about that, you know, what, what's the Lord done with you in, in, in that? Yeah. 
Um, it's been super fun. I really enjoy it. I always, I always love business just growing up. My dad had different businesses and stuff and just anything to do with business. I just, I still like, I can just talk for hours about it. So, um, you and I, we talked a lot about Adele. That's our, our business that we have a cosmetic company. Um, we would talk a lot about it, talk about it a lot. Um, even when we worked and, or in the evenings and things like that, it was always just fun. And so when they, you know, had talked about needing more help, I think both of us were kind of excited yeah. to join it and do it. And it's been a fun process. We, you know, we always say all the time that without the Lord, you just can't do any of it. Yeah. If you think you did any of it on your own, you're an idiot. You're, yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, even if you came up with a good idea, the Lord gave you, you know, that mind and or gave his favor, gave his favor. <laughs> Cause they're great ideas that turn out terrible. Yeah. There are what seem like terrible ideas and turn out great. Yeah. Um, I mean, we couldn't plan the majority of what's happened to us. No, it's really been the Lord yeah. putting the people in our paths and yeah. and those kind of things. Yeah, so. people talk about network, network, network. Well, we've networked, but it wasn't, I mean, you know. Th- it wasn't really for the purpose like other people do it. Yeah. Like we're just networking just to, you know, meet, meet other people, people yeah. and, and tell and them the, about the Lord. And the Lord had just has brought certain people to us that, yeah. you know, we just... We, I don't think we, going into it, ever envisioned, no, you know, that you know, yeah. And but, uh, but, but he's also given us the opportunity with it to, and in, in a, I think in a big way to minister his yeah. life, and so that's been, it's been really something to be on the sidelines and to say that I know I've been on the sidelines for this because I couldn't have done this, yeah. To see what the Lord has done with a business. Uh, what are the, some of the things that's just kind of taken you back with that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we often, none of us in the family have a degree except for you and it's a music Bible teaching. Yeah. Is that right? So the rest of us don't have any college degrees or anything like that. And I often say that I think for us, at least it's helped us. Um, because I know for myself, whenever there's a decision to be made, I, don't have a preconceived idea of how you're supposed to do it, right. how you're supposed to spend the finances or save them or whatever it may be. So it's just going to the Lord of just like, all right, Lord, what, what do you have us? What, what do you have us do? And there are things that seem to make sense or don't seem to make sense, but it, that's the wrong question. The question is just, Lord, is this what you have for us? Mm-hmm. And there have been countless times we can all say of things that we, the Lord gave us a small idea and it ended up being something along the same lines, but totally different. Mm. And it was so clear that the Lord was giving us that first idea, but just to show us, you know, and if he gave us the whole picture, we probably would have screwed it all up and, you know, found our own way there rather than trusting him. Mm -hmm. But it really is just that trusting him every moment. Um, And I think that's kind of for my whole life, but especially for that, um, just thinking about second Corinthians 11, three, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And many of you, I remember you teaching us the, and showing us that the word or where it says of devotion is italicized and that it's just simplicity and purity to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the business and even with all the things we've been talking about, but just that fixing your eyes on Christ mm-hmm. and, and not forgetting that. And I think at, for some reason, we we always want to make it more difficult than it is instead of just it's all about Christ and who he is yeah. and fixing our eyes on him. Yeah. And with the business, 
I feel like I see that every day. The Lord has taught me so much in it of just relying on him and just how insufficient we are. Mm-hmm. Not even that we're insufficient. Like we're just not even, not even remotely there. Yeah. There's nothing. We're not qualified there. to do what we're doing. No, there's nothing. And the Lord's good in the world's eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so just remembering that, that it's all about him. And yeah. it, I think it can be easy to, if you're not careful to forget that mm-hmm. and to, to think, look what I did or, mm-hmm. or, in every area of our life, we can do that or look what I can do, or I'm in control of this. Um, but forgetting that it's all about him yeah, and he just allows us to live in what it's all about. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We, it's just been amazing as, you know, as we've gone with what the Lord has laid before us, you know, the, the messages that we get from customers of how the Lord is working in their heart through the business. You know, you, you sit back, especially as somebody that, you know, you say, I'm the only one that's got a, the degree. Well, I have a degree in religious education, yeah. you know, so I've been taught to teach. So, you know, if I'm not careful, I can, I can think, okay, well, this is how you teach, yeah. you know, uh, as a, you know, 23 years on full-time staff at his Hill to teach in the classrooms, you know, this is how you teach, right? You teach people these truths and, and I get to preach and, and, you know, this, this is how you preach people the truth, you know, and this but then to have these people write to us and tell us, this is what the Lord has taught me through your business. Mm-hmm. And I just, I sit there and I'll look at you guys. And, How'd that happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just, what? And, you know, to take part in the, uh, the, the pro-life um, uh, event that we did out in California as a business, um, the opportunities that the Lord gave us there. Yeah. You know, how did this happen? You know, I, you know, it's just, you know, we, we, as a business, we were, uh, we took part in a, a pro-life celebration, um, on the, of all places, the Santa Monica pier. And there was pretty serious security. There were people walking around protesting and yelling and, 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 and all of that. And the Lord puts us on a stage and we just are, are given the freedom to say what we want to say. And Arlene and I are are up there just talking about the Lord yeah, and the completeness that, and the, uh, that we have in Christ and our identification in him and that being the worth, you know, of, you know, being in his image, that's the worth of that baby in the womb, mm. the very image of God. And that's being blasted over the Santa Monica pier. Um, we didn't plan that. I was going to say, there's a lot of things, even, there's a lot of details to it, but recently I was on a call with some business people that are, you know, have built tons of very successful businesses. Yeah. And they essentially were asking, How, how'd you guys do it? <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> it pretty much was the answer. And it was just like, it, you know, it just, how do you explain it? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's tough to explain to somebody how that happened. Yeah. And you tell these, they just these didn't are people get that, it. These were people that, it. yeah. Yeah. Like, they it's just, what? Like, they didn't get it and they shouldn't get it. No. You know, because we don't get it. Yeah. You know, like that. Th- th- this isn't how it's supposed to. You know, in our, in our fleshly mind, this isn't how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, or come to be, and these were yeah big, pretty big business names that you were talking to, and they were picking your brain. You know, how did this happen? How did this happen? Yeah. And yeah <laughs> it just didn't go through the along with their formula. Yeah. Then they say something about. Uh, Asking about Madeline being a marketing genius. Yeah, or they said, is she just a marketing genius or what is it? And I was like, well, yeah, she's my wife. <laughs> so, 
So anyway, I mean, and, and you know, please don't misunderstand what we're saying. We're, we're not saying that walking in Christ me is, is a health wealth type thing, you know, where, you know, you, you name it and claim it, you know, that, no, this is what the Lord is doing and he's taking us with him on it. And yeah. it's for us to trust him and go with him. And, and really, I think that's what we're, we really have been getting at here, you know, in this conversation. And I, it's to, you know, tie in with your testimony and our conversation, it just keeps coming back to, to be, fix your eyes on Jesus and, and be with him, Yeah, you know, be with him where he is. And we you know, often talk about it. Like if, even if we lost the business tomorrow, yeah. but if that's what the Lord had, then that's totally fine. Mm. Like then that's what he has. Or if there's difficult things that are going to happen in your life and it might not even be because of decisions you make, but right. because of decisions of people around you, right. The Lord is sufficient That's right. and, and he's still going to be using that for his good. I often think about Jesus, like he died on a cross. Mm. Like that was not a real pleasant experience yeah. and it was used for, for good. Mm. You know, the Lord was like, no, I'm not going to let this sin and wickedness not be for my glory. Mm-hmm. I think um, in Ezekiel, let me pull it up quick. I think I have it somewhere. I did. I think it's in chapter 36. Oh, I just flipped there. Yeah, in 22, where he's just talking about redeeming the people. And he says, Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. And it just goes on and on, but Mm. it's for his glory. And those people, you probably know better than me, but I don't think they were coming in repentant at that point. Mm. He's saying, I'm going to redeem you Mm. for me. Um, And so, and then I, even further down in verse 26, he says, moreover, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit within you and I will remove the heart of stone from the flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Mm. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and above you. I will, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Mm. Charlie recently in a sermon about a month ago said, even the Lord causes you Mm. to walk in his ways. Mm -hmm. And that's not powerful of just, there's no good in me. Mm. It, It is him. And I think that's where we find our joy. Yeah. That's why it's joy. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's seeing Christ. Yeah. And even in the difficult times, seeing Christ. Yeah. And in the people that wrong us, you know, seeing seeing the Lord in it and yeah. how good he is in his yeah. faithfulness. I mean, our, the, we don't manufacture the joy. We don't decide to have joy. He's our joy. Yeah. And he's faithful. He never leaves. He never forsakes. Well, Tylen, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah. It took us a couple of years, but it's been it's been a good conversation, and I, I knew it would be. So thanks for, uh, you know, we started this at, what, just after work, right at 5 o'clock, was I it? I think so. It was yeah. Like, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. So I appreciate it, you going into the evening like oh, this after work. No problem. Thanks for tuning in to the His Hill Podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty and Tylen Postma, Kelly's son-in-law and previous His Hill student. We hope you appreciated hearing from Thailand today and all the ways God has worked in his life. 
We have once again filled up for the upcoming Bible school year, and summer camp is pretty full too. Please keep us in your prayers as we lead this summer and prepare for another group of Bible school students to come in the fall. We are excited for what's happening now and for what is to come. Thanks again for listening today. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. He is our firm foundation, and with Him we can stand secure. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.